Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome into the show, everybody. I am your host, Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow my co-host, Marcus Mosier, over on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. That's M-O-S-H-E-R. We miss you, buddy. Hope to have you back soon. Uh, today, we are going to talk a little bit about these exciting trade rumors about Deshaun Watson. Sounds like he's really unhappy there, but the dynasty implications are huge. We're talking about a top five dynasty quarterback who could be in an upgraded situation. Lots of tumult to to sort through. And then we want to talk about the Detroit Lions, Denver Broncos, continue on with our team previews and reviews. But Deshaun Watson. We got to talk about it. The former first round pick has been paid and they promptly sold off his number one wideout to help get the deal done. Deshaun Watson is an absolute difference maker. His contract is insane. Carries $67 million in dead cap, but sounds like the guy wants out. As we know, Bill O'Brien headed out of the organization, made some really interesting choices uh, and and choices you don't want to mimic as a dynasty GM, by the way. But Bill O'Brien, he's out of there. The issue remaining is that they've got a lot of big decisions to make. You had Bill O'Brien filling the the shoes of your head coach, your GM. Gonna guess there was at least one shoe you wish he didn't have on that entire time. But hey, you gotta rebuild sometimes. Sometimes you just have to blow the whole thing up, start from scratch, and maybe that is what the McNairs are trying to accomplish with the Houston Texans. Regardless, they have hired their future GM, Nick Casario. He's in. They still haven't hired their head coach, but the problem with your starting quarterback, who you paid a lot of money to lead your team, is that supposedly the the organization had offered uh, that they would be listening to Deshaun Watson in terms of who the next hire is going to be, who the next GM is going to be. Because obviously, as a leader on the team, he took that seriously and you know wanted this to be a partnership decision. But uh, now we hear they are on the outs since uh, Nick Casario was hired into the position of GM. Apparently, Deshaun Watson is not returning the organization's calls, haven't spoken in days. Really interesting dynamics there, but... What we have on our hands is a question mark about one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And let's be honest, there are very few teams that wouldn't want to make a move and try to trade for him. Uh, There are very few franchises that really do have that quarterback position absolutely locked up. I'm going to talk about one of the more interesting fits that I think uh, could happen just based on, let's say, trade draft capital, right? Jacksonville Jaguars. What if Deshaun Watson went to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Would DJ Chark once again be a top 15 dynasty wide receiver? I genuinely think so. I think this would be such an interesting fit because you had such a well-established run game with a running back absolutely dominated out of left field, undrafted James Robinson. It's pretty impressive that they were establishing the run in the way that they were when the fact they were losing most games 
but they were still able to to continue to utilize James Robinson heavily as a receiver. I think it could be a really interesting fit. Uh, we did see the Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely blow up their entire roster. That is a full dynasty rebuild, guys. And guess what? The perfect starting centerpiece of your dynasty rebuild. Why not a quarterback? I feel like uh, Sean Watson could be one of those interesting guys that could really turn around the overall persona surrounding an NFL franchise and put it on their back. The same way I, I look at Josh Allen and what he's done uh, you know, for the attitude of the Buffalo Bills. Let's not forget, not too long ago, Antonio Brown had the opportunity to go and play with Josh Allen and the Bills, and he politely declined in favor of the, wait for it, Oakland Raiders. Why not, right? Derek Carr, come on. We know that's a, a great situation, but for real, I, I think uh, Jacksonville's my my pick for the most interesting landing spot. And the best part is I do think that a quarterback like Deshaun Watson could help solidify that value of James Robinson and of DJ Chark as just solid by low pieces. Um, I, it's not a name I've seen floating around, but I do believe at least for some of the players that I like but don't necessarily like their situation, Deshaun Watson could be a total game changer. Let's not forget that in addition to having their own number one overall pick, they still have the Rams first round pick, fourth round pick from the Jalen Ramsey trade. They have a pick from Yannick Ngakwe's trade. They've got so many different assets. They've got lots of room and cap space. I'm interested and I'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, go ahead and at me over at Locked On Dynasty. Share your favorite pick for a landing spot for Deshaun Watson. Just in terms of overall, where where would he have to go to increase uh, not only his value, but what team would he increase the overall dynasty outlook of the most? We are going to take a quick break, and then we will head into our divisional previews, kicking it off with the Detroit Lions, and then heading into the Denver Broncos. We will be right back. Are you ready for some football? The NFL regular season has wrapped up and the playoff picture is complete. There is only one place that has you covered, one place for bets that we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. There is no better place to bet on the postseason, whether you are looking at the wild card round, the divisional round, maybe you want to get a future bet in on uh, which one of these awesome, uh, exciting teams will make it in this expanded playoff picture to Super Bowl 55. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, let's dive right into the Detroit Lions. What a exciting NFL franchise. Lots of interesting bits here, though we don't typically think of them as a very dynasty-friendly, um, just good overall NFL franchise, but lots of talent there. It may be underrated talent, but still talent. The talk of late has been that there is the potential there for quarterback Matthew Stafford to be traded. It seems like those rumblings have only gotten a little bit louder since season closed out. But 
if the team does trade Matthew Stafford, they have to find a willing partner who is going to pay him a decent bit of money. Um, he's owed $20 million in the 2021 season, plus some bonuses. And then in 2022, uh, he's due $23 million before hitting free agency in 2023. It's definitely a situation where uh, I think a team has to be in, in a win-now mode. But if Matthew Stafford goes, what does that do to the rest of the offense, I think is the more interesting question. DeAndre Swift uh, drafted this season, uh, had an outstanding rookie season despite a slow start, despite the fact that Adrian Peterson had more carries per game, which is just maddening. We've seen this time and time again from Matt Patricia. It's part of the reason he's not with the organization anymore. But DeAndre Swift, he's young. He's a second-round pick. He's got a lot of miles left on the tire. So what do you do when you have a, a you know a really talented offensive weapon like this and your window to really utilize him in, in the best way and win, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't want to reach and say a, a Super Bowl game, but uh, when maybe a playoff game will start small. I just think that it, this really puts DeAndre Swift into a bind for me because I hate buying into running backs within poor organizations. But you know what, DeAndre Swift showed up on the field, 16 game pace for those last nine games. He was on pace for 73 targets. That's pretty outstanding. He was utilized very heavily as a receiver, very few games with fewer than five targets. And this was in a season that uh, they needed some pass catchers to, to come alive. But would the departure of Matthew Stafford take a, a, a hit to DeAndre Swift? I think it would because guess what? I checked DeAndre Swift's ADP today in startups over on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. He is currently the RB6. The RB6. I'm absolutely floored. I do have to imagine that this was December ADP. I have to imagine that Jonathan Taylor is going to take a very big jump and perhaps knock DeAndre Swift down because recency bias and also we've just we've seen a little bit more from Taylor I still think RB6 is a bit high what we've seen from him 22 years old uh, had 500 rushing yards averaged 4.6 yards per attempt did nice things in the touchdown department 10 touchdowns in his rookie season finished the year at 5.5 yards per touch 878 scrimmage yards but again the best uh, the best part of that is definitely his usage as a receiver now, in full PPR leagues, you have to look at DeAndre Swift as a high upside RB1, but I still think RB6 is is reaching for me, especially given the offense, especially given the trade rumor scenario. With that, I think we need to discuss the fact that Kenny Galladay is a free agent this season. Uh, if they are thinking of shipping Matthew Stafford out of town, I don't see any reason for them to give their a uh, young wide receiver, a big contract if they're really in a full rebuild, unless you're just looking for somebody to uh, have that leadership. The team was already looking, uh, rumors were last season, that they were looking to move on from Marvin Jones, who was still very much productive within their offensive system. But Kenny Galladay, he has been their wide receiver one. He's been their their top target, had 1,100 receiving yards, two consecutive 1,000-yard seasons you got to love that, um, and I think that this might be an opportunity for a, a huge buy low on Kenny Galladay because of the fact that 
we didn't get to see him healthy this season. Um, he's he's one of my favorite wide receivers to try to buy because guess what? When we've seen him on the field, he gets things done. He's got high wide receiver one upside. We've seen him uh, score touchdowns, had 11 touchdowns in his third year season. That is the year where you look for that third year leap and he absolutely took it. He's capable of leading an offense. Where could he end up? I don't know. But his position, his contract situation, uh, and just everything about the Detroit Lions right now makes me want to uh, avoid all pieces involved. But hey, DeAndre Swift, he certainly proved himself more than more than worthy of you know having a high rank in dynasty leagues based on talent. But situation is rough. And last but not least, we do have tight end TJ Hawkinson, who I think is probably the uh, only light left on this team if we do believe Matthew Stafford's going out of town. In his first 12 games, he had a really, really down end to the season, especially if you as a fantasy manager were looking to uh, count on TJ Hawkinson through your fantasy playoffs. It didn't happen, did not come to fruition. But let's not forget through the first 12 weeks of the season, saw 77 targets, had 52 receptions, 614 yards, five touchdowns. He was very reliable. He saw a nice target share. He's currently ranked as the tight end five behind George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews in Dynasty League football's uh, ADP. He's ahead of uh, a few names, Dallas Goddard, Robert Tunyon, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry. I think this feels like a great spot for him. I think his value is right on target there, but definitely one of the more underrated tight ends that we haven't talked about, but who could be the beneficiary of some increased volume if they do lose a piece like Kenny Galladay. If they move on from Marvin Jones and and start from scratch, he could be a major beneficiary. Definitely keep an eye on TJ Hawkinson and his value as we progress through the offseason. Definitely going to be interesting to see what they do there in Detroit. Motor City. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we will talk about the Denver Broncos and all of their luscious dynasty assets. I want to take a second to talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. The new and improved Built Bar is even deliciouser with 18 amazing flavors. They've got nut, non nut flavors, all of them coated in 100% chocolate, to my delight. They've got six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, my favorite, cherry barcia for you pun lovers, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and of course, apple almond crisp. Just if you're missing that little taste of home, gives you something delicious, nutritious, soft, easy to chew, but best of all, it helps lose or maintain weight while you get a delicious treat. I have a sweet tooth, but guess what? Built Bar is exactly what I need to help satisfy my cravings with a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber snack. Great for a keto diet. They're absolutely delicious. And now go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. To close out the show, we are going to spend some time talking about the Denver Broncos. Lots of interesting questions about the Broncos. 
honestly, it seems like we're talking about them too late in this series for what we've seen from them, but that is okay. Uh, we, we have to have some faith that this group is going to be able to turn it around. Will they be able to do that with Drew Locke, though? Is he the future? Just turned 24, started 18 career games, has a record of 8 and 10, but we didn't really see from him that second year leap. Um, even, uh, you know, like statistically, sometimes stats can be deceiving, but uh, took a dip in touchdown percentage, uh, took an increase in interception percentage, um, dipped in completion percentage. So like ignoring all the stats, just watching him play, poor decision making. And I think overall, you know, we're, we underrate some of the, the weapons that we have the Denver Broncos working with. Um, you know, their defense, despite the the absence of Von Miller this season, was actually pretty decent. Uh, and we still couldn't see the, the Broncos keep up in many games. This is the time I'm fully, uh, fully sold on selling any shares that I have of Drew Locke, even in Superflex leagues. Uh, if I can just squeeze any sort of value out of him, I'll do it. Because I don't see a lot of opportunities, especially with the upcoming quarterback class. I don't know where he would find a, a starting job right now. Um, sitting at, you know, 59% completion percentage just hasn't had the season that that you hope for, especially with uh, the addition of Jerry Judy, of Tim Patrick playing his mind out. Um, you have Melvin Gordon, uh, who's actually played a pretty decent season, approaching his 28th birthday here pretty soon. Uh, you know, wasn't necessarily the most efficient on the ground, but hey, he had 200 plus carries for the first time since 2017 uh, and saw his second highest yards per attempt, 4.6 with the Denver Broncos. Was utilized as a receiver, uh, saw 44 targets in his 15 games active for the season. I think he acclimated very well to the Broncos system I think he's a good fit, and I think he's more uh, underrated than really give him credit for. Gordon does have another year left on his contract. If he stays with the team, I think he's an excellent grab for a win-now team because it's very hard to find a starting running back that is capable of handling 200-plus touches, is given the opportunity to have 200-plus touches, and then can do something with them in a less-than-ideal offense. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's super interesting. Philip Lindsay, I haven't been very excited about watching them play side by side, seeing Melvin Gordon next to Philip Lindsay. He grossly outplayed him, but the issue is uh, Philip Lindsay played a really banged up season. So could we see him bounce back in terms of his dynasty value? Sure. Uh, just not hyped about, you know, the lack of draft stock, the fact that we are seeing a changing of the guard here with John Elway out. I mean, the more I'm talking about this, the more I'm actually excited for this offense. Never thought I would say that. Uh, we we have a lot of really talented offensive weapons. Jerry Judy, uh, rookie wide receiver in 2020. I'm not going to spend too much time talking on him because we know him. We are familiar with his, his hands, his work, his routes. Relatively speaking, he had a quietish season. Um, you know, total the year at just 856 yards, three receiving touchdowns, did play all 16 games, but, uh, you know, like he played banged up. So 
Hard to say what he might have been able to accomplish at full health, but he certainly closed out the regular season with a statement game, put up five for 140 receiving yards and a touchdown against the Raiders in Week 17. And guess what? Lots of people probably miss that performance because we do not have fantasy football championships in Week 17 unless you are trying to torture yourself. So maybe, relatively speaking, if you are looking to cash in on some of that value, for some of the other bigger name rookie wide receivers that made more of a splash to start off the year, like your Justin Jefferson, like a CD Lamb, I don't think that's a bad bad look. Um, you know, we're looking at a team who just it sort of feels like they're a quarterback short of being able to uh, at least achieve a winning record. And last but not least, we've got tight end Noah Fant. Fant certainly saw his ups and downs throughout his his second season, did have some health issues, but finished the year uh, more than 600 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Fant is a guy that I'm I'm actually okay uh, trying to sell on my shares. I feel like Fant is, you know, uh, still a name value at this point. But when I look at the ceiling, I'm not exactly so excited about it in terms of uh, you know, his ceiling in relation to his floor. We've seen plenty of, you know, 13-yard performances, 18-yard performances. He's not a uh, consistent scorer. He's a player that I believe in the talent and I believe what he does for his NFL franchise is bigger than what he is going to do for my fantasy team. Uh, so he's a guy that, you know, based off draft stock, based off of name value, uh, based off his college performance, it's all still recent enough that, I'm okay missing out on Noah Fant if I can maybe look to get an upgrade at another position or if I'm just willing to to take a downgrade at tight end, punt the position just like everybody else, maybe pick up a couple of draft picks out of that situation. I don't mind that. We will go ahead and close out the show today. Thank you everybody so much for joining. You can follow me, Kate, on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow my co-host Marcus Mosier at Marcus underscore Mosier. And you can follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Be sure to at us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Look forward to continuing our series on breaking down all of these NFL rosters tomorrow with Matt and Ryan to carry you on through the week. See you guys on Thursday.